Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps of Golden Girls. Today we are on Season 6, Episode 18, Older and Wiser, which originally aired on February 16th of 1991. So let's learn what else transpired in history. In 1923, Howard Carter opens the inner, inner burial chamber, Tutankhamun's tomb, and finds the sarcophagus inside. In 1934, the Austrian Civil War comes to an end. And our most recent event on February 16th of 2019, Pope Francis defrocks uh, now ex-cardinal and former Archbishop of Washington, Theodore McCarrick, for the sexual abuse of minors and adults, uh, becoming the first cardinal in the history of the Catholic Church to be removed for sexual abuse. Uh, so, that will do it for our history lesson today. So, why don't you tell us what transpired in this installment of The Golden Girls. Oh, boy. All righty. We're going to have some fun. Scene one. We're in the kitchen. Dorothy's cooking. Sophia enters and wants to know how she looks for work. Yeah, she wants to look aggressive, powerful, like a corporate killer. But Dorothy says she looks adorable. Uh, Sophia is going to be the activities director at a retirement home, if you can believe that. Sophia says she hasn't had a paycheck since 1942, though she's had a few jobs on this show. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to forget about those, remember? Okay. They only last an episode. <laughs> yeah, well, still. Sophia exits to put on matching shoes, as she did not have shoes that matched. Yeah, Rose enters from the back door. Dorothy tells her that she is developing pictures from the Magellan Space Probe. Yeah, we learn that Sophia will be working at Cypress Grove and that it, it is just a ruse. She doesn't really have a job. This is just a way to have somebody watch Sophia during the day. Yeah, Rose lied once and instead of going to school, she went to the movies. And that was the day they taught everything at St. Olaf's School. Yeah, right. Blanche enters from the back door. And the most wonderful thing happened to her at the drugstore. She is going to be a model. She was just sitting there at the lunch counter. A lunch counter at a drugstore? When she I, was I mean, discovered. I mean, like... In the old days, I know Yeah, I was, was. going to say, like in the 50s, they had that. They had that. But I guess maybe in Miami with all the old people, they have like a, a retro themed drugstore thing, I guess. They maybe. might still have that. Okay. Uh, yes. She will be in the Penny Saver. Whoa. Blanche's grandson just got his driver's license. Yeah, that is to make sure Blanche realizes that she is not super young any longer. That was from Dorothy, of course. Scene two, Cypress Grove. Sophia and Dorothy enter and meet Mr. Porter. Well, he kind of forgets that Sophia is to be the activities director, but is gently pushed into remembering. Yes, we are introduced to a few of the people that are in the home, but nothing major at this point. Scene three, we're in the living room. Sophia and Dorothy enter. They are talking about Sophia's day at work. Eh, it wasn't too much. Some of the residents sat in front of the TV for eight hours. Yeah, Sophia then mentions Shady Pines with the luxury suites, tennis tournaments, and get a massage by dialing nine on the phone. Yeah, and she wanted to leave Shady Pines. Sounds like somewhere Blanche would stay, not yeah. Sophia. I know. 
the food. Oh boy, of course Sophia's not exactly telling the truth there. Okay, Sophia leaves and Blanche and Rose enter from the front door and Blanche isn't exactly happy. No, she took Rose with her to her first shoot and they want to use Rose's hands also. Wow, we are to believe that Blanche carried the 1964 Tokyo Olympics torch. No, no, no. It was 20 minutes late. No, no, she didn't carry it. No, no. We are to, we are supposed to take from that story. She slept with the guy that was carrying it. Ah. He says how I interpreted that. I interpreted that she was carrying the torch and it was 20 minutes late because, yeah, she did something else. Oh, okay. I assumed it was she uh, engaged with the man carrying the torch. Ah, that would make more sense. Okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. Rose says that Blanche has Betty Davis eyes and Freddy Krueger hands. What a match. Ah, scene four, we're in the kitchen. Rose and Dorothy at the table. Blanche enters, and after a little greeting, Rose thinks that Blanche may be hung up on her beauty. Really? We learn a little bit about Rose. Uh, apparently she was struck by lightning once. Yeah, her hands have reached up inside a chicken for a breech birth. Okay. Probably up into a few other animals, too. Yes. Sophia enters, and Dorothy tells her that Mr. Porter thinks that Sophia may be pushing the folks a bit hard. Sophia says they had one little dance till you drop marathon. It lasted just 10 minutes. And Sophia has also made them do homework late into the night. She had them write servicemen, which I thought that would be a good idea. And they talk about Sophia's job. Oh, yeah. Scene five, we hit back to Cypress Grove. Mr. Porter is by himself, probably waiting on Dorothy. Yep, Dorothy enters, and Mr. Porter says they have a problem. Her name is Sophia. Sophia took some of the residents out for a walk, and that was six hours ago, and he doesn't know where any of them are. Uh, well, of course, Sophia and the residents enter real soon. Sophia explains what they did. Yes. Well, you, you rushed past it, but... I was going to say when he said that they have a problem, is it that they named their retirement home uh, after a, a Beach Boys song, it sounds like? Oh. Uh, I guess yeah. that's the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> sounds mean, like a Beach Boys song. Okay. Cypress Grove. Cypress Grove? Mm hmm Huh. All right. She explains what they did. Sophia did. Uh, yes. Well, Lucille wanted a cappuccino. Yeah. And the only good cappuccino is in Hialeah. Yes. Well, that is a city, believe it's it or not. Hialeah, but... Hialeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That is the sixth... I looked at... You'll probably tell us all about yep, this. Yep, I will, but... Okay. <laughs> Sophia tells Mr. Porter that she was hired to do a job and that she is going to do it her way. Well, Mr. Porter's tired of this after two days or whatever. He spills the beans about it not being a real job. Well, Sophia isn't impressed, and she leaves. Yeah. Scene six, we're in the living room. Sophia is watching cartoons, and Dorothy enters. Sophia is still holding a grudge against Dorothy. Sophia leaves, and Blanche and Rose enter, and they have an advanced copy of the Penny Saver. 
that they are the models in. They haven't looked at it yet. Yeah, this was pretty wild. So they put out advanced copies of the Penny Saver ad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, sure. This is the uncorrected proof. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh yeah, that is kind of a yeah. Okay, well Blanche opens the package and cries out, "Oh my god!" Yeah, their pictures are on the front cover. Rose takes the magazine and also cries out, "Oh my god!" Uh, then Dorothy takes the magazine and also cries out. Yeah, she does. Oh, my God! Ah, Dorothy reads, Does your face look like this? I'm guessing Blanche's face was there. And do your hands look like this? That's where I'm guessing uh, Rose's hands were. Well, you need Ponce de Leon anti-aging cream. Ah, uh, Dorothy is laughing hysterically. Blanche takes the paper back and says they airbrushed liver spots all over them. Ah, uh, Dorothy thinks they should sue. And I wish we could have seen the pictures. Ah, uh, scene seven, we're in the kitchen. Blanche is on the phone, Rose enters, and Blanche hangs up and says that the penny saver has six trucks. Apparently they are going to stop the trucks from delivering the penny mm -hmm. saver. By sure coincidence, she already knows two of the drivers. And she knows only two. Uh-huh. I think she'd know all six, but... Well, no, because she states that two of them are women, so she's going to have Rose uh, uh, try and seduce the female drivers. Those, yes. And he says, uh, Rose, you're not going to like this part of the plan. But, We're going to go get you dressed up in flannel, which oh, yeah. I have an issue on that bit, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> so it's okay. So yes. you're going to go make Rose seduce these two female truck drivers... So that way you guys can keep this penny saver ad from getting out. Okay, yeah. sure thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, yes, Dorothy enters and they talk about Sophia. They talk a little about, about it. Yeah, Blanche gives a story about the night her brother Clayton was born. That was the night that Big Daddy went on probation. Yeah. Uh, Rose says that in St. Olaf they revered, revered. They're old people. Put them on a pedestal. Yep. Which is how St. Olaf became the broken hit capital of the Midwest. And Rose and Blanche leave to stop those penny savers. Yes. Uh, I still can't picture that, but scene eight. We're back at Cypress Grove. Sophia's having a good time with the residents. She starts playing In the Mood by Glenn Miller on the turntable. And then she asks Mr. Lewis if he wants to dance. Well, he's in a wheelchair. And she dances, <clears throat> uh, I term that very loosely, with the wheelchair and Mr. Lewis a little bit. Yes. Scene nine, we're in the living room. Blanche and Rose enter with a lot of penny savers. Dorothy doesn't know where Sophia is, where Sophia is, but she figures out, yeah, well, she can only be in one spot, right? And yes, in scene 10, Cypress Grove, Sophia is doing the hokey pokey with the residents as Dorothy enters. Mr. Porter enters. It appears he also lives at the home. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks like it. Is he the only employee? Apparently. And he lives there. Wow. 
Okay, Mr. Lewis actually talks and says he danced for the first time in 25 years. Sophia gives Mr. Porter some advice. He isn't listening to the residents, and the people are feeling old because that is how they are being treated. And Sophia says the same to Dorothy, and they hug as this episode ends. Well, uh, we have a few uh, references, of course. Uh, the Magellan Space Probe, uh, also referred to as the Venus Radar Mapper, uh, was launched on May 4th of 1989 to map the surface of Venus by using synthetic aperture radar and to measure the planetary gravitational field. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that means, but nonetheless, that's what it was going to do. Uh, Dr. Scholl's is a brand of footwear and or orthopedic foot care products. Uh, Lana Turner, an American actress who worked in film, uh, television, theater, and radio, uh, over the course of her nearly 50-year career, uh, she achieved fame as both a pinup model and a dramatic actress, as well as for her highly publicized personal life. In the mid-40s, she was one of the highest-paid women in the U.S. and one of MGM's biggest stars in their films, earning the studio more than $50 million uh, during her 18-year contract with them. Um, a Penny Saver uh, is a free community periodical available in North America, typically weekly or monthly, uh, that advertises different items for sale. It usually contains classified ads grouped into categories, uh, and many penny savers also offer local news and entertainment, as well as general advice info, various syndicated or locally written columns on various topics of interest, limited comics, and primetime TV listings. Uh, the term is widely used in eastern North America from Ontario through New York, Pennsylvania, and Maryland, though there are penny savers distributed elsewhere at times. Uh, so that's that. Um, Vogue magazine is a fashion and lifestyle magazine covering many topics, including fashion, beauty, culture, living, and runway. Uh, Vogue began as a weekly newspaper in 1892 before becoming a monthly publication years later. Uh, 60 Minutes is an American news magazine and TV program broadcast on CBS that debuted in 1968. Uh, Mike Wallace, unless they are referring to the football player, which would be very bizarre, um, I assume meant uh, the journalist and game show host uh, who interviewed a wide range of prominent newsmakers during his seven-decade career. Uh, one of the original correspondents for 60 Minutes. Yes, that's him. Uh, yes. Interviewed many politicians, celebrities, and academics such as Pearl S. Buck, Deng Xiaoping, Mohammad Reza Pavlavi, Jiang Zemin, Ruhala Khomeini, Kurt Waldheim, Frank Lloyd Wright, Yasser Arafat, Benishim Minine, Anwar Sadat, Manuel Noriega, John Nash, Gordon B. Hinckley, Vladimir Putin. Uh, Maria Callas, Barbara Streisand, Salvador Dali, Mahmoud Aminanejad, uh, Mickey Cohen, Jimmy Fratiano, and Ayn Rand. Uh, so that's uh, him. Uh, apparently a game show host at some point. Yeah. Huh. Uh, when's that? Uh, TV career. 
Um, hosted a number of game shows in the 50s, including The Big Surprise, Who's the Boss, and Who Pays. Okay. Um, Betty Davis, uh, an American actress of film, TV, and theater who we've discussed many times before. Uh, Freddy Krueger is a character from the Nightmare on Elm Street film series who first appeared in the 1984 Nightmare on Elm Street as the spirit of a serial killer who uses a gloved hand with razors to kill his victims in their dreams, causing their deaths in the real world as well. Uh, in the dream world, uh, he is a powerful force and almost completely invulnerable. However, whenever Freddy's pulled into the real world, uh, he has normal human vulnerabilities such as physical or emotional traumas and whatever that associated with his mental illness. Um, so that's him. Um, I don't really, uh, I guess we don't, we don't see his hand too much, uh, outside of the glove, so, I don't know. Uh, Hialeah is a city in Miami-Dade County in Florida, uh, with a population of 238,942, is the sixth largest city in the state of Florida, and is a principal city of the Miami metropolitan area. Is located west-northwest of Miami and is the only place in the county, other than Homestead, uh, to have its own street grid numbered separately from the rest of the county. Uh, so that's Hialeah. It also has one of the uh, largest Spanish-speaking communities in the country with 96% of residents uh, reportedly uh, fluent in Spanish. Uh, so that's um, Hialeah, more or less. Uh, Florishims, uh, which is a shoe brand, uh, Ponce de Leon, uh, or Juan Ponce de Leon, uh, was a Spanish explorer and conquistador known for leading the first official European expedition to Florida, and also was the first governor of Puerto Rico. Uh, he was born in Centervas de Campos Valediod, Spain, in 1474. Uh, though little is known about his family, he was of noble birth and served in the Spanish military from a young age. Uh, he first came to the Americas as a gentleman volunteer with Christopher Columbus's second expedition in 1493. Uh, he was also the third and seventh governor of Puerto Rico as well, uh, and most famously uh, came to, let's see... Um, do, 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 he is most famous basically for attempting to, uh, come and establish a Spanish colony on the continental U.S., more or less. Uh, so that is, uh, that's Ponce de Leon, briefly. Um, Prohibition, uh, in the U.S., uh, was a nationwide constitutional ban on the production, importation, transportation, and sale of alcoholic beverages... Uh, from 1920 to 33, as during the 19th century, that's the 1800s, uh, alcoholism, family violence, and saloon-based political corruption prompted prohibitionists, led mostly by very extremely religious Protestants, uh, to end the alcoholic beverage trade in order to cure the ill society and weaken their political opposition. Uh, one result was that many communities in the late 19th and early 20th centuries introduced alcohol prohibition, with the subsequent enforcement in law becoming a hotly debated issue. 
Uh, Prohibition supporters uh, presented it as a victory for public morals and health. Uh, promoted by uh, the Prohibition Crusaders, the movement was led by uh, pietistic Protestants and social progressives in the Prohibition, Democratic, and Republican parties. Uh, it gained a national grassroots base through the Women's Christian Temperance Union, and after 1900, it was coordinated by the Anti-Saloon League. Uh, opposition from the beer industry... <laughs> mobilized wet supporters from the Catholic and German Lutheran communities. Uh, they had funding to fight back, but by 1917, the German community had been marginalized by the U.S.'s war against Germany in World War I, uh, and the brewing industry was shut down in state after state by legislatures and finally nationwide under the 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution in 1920. Uh, enabling legislation, known as the Volstead Act, uh, set down the rules for enforcing the federal ban and defined the types of al alcoholic beverages that were prohibited. For example, religious use of wine was allowed. Uh, private ownership and consumption of alcohol were not made illegal under federal law, but local laws were stricter in many areas, with some states banning possession outright. Uh, this led to criminal gangs uh, being able to gain control of the beer and liquor supply in many cities. And by the late 1920s, a new opposition mobile nationwide as wets attacked prohibition as causing crime, lowering local revenue, and imposing rural Protestant religious values on the fastly urbanizing United States. Uh, prohibition ended with the ratification of the 21st Amendment, which repealed the 18th on December 5th of 1933. Uh, some states continued statewide prohibition, uh, marking one of the last stages of the progressive era of U.S. politics. Uh, research indicates that alcohol consumption substantially declined due to prohibition. Rates of liver cirrhosis, alcoholic psychosis, and infant mortality also declined. Uh, prohibition has also been tied to a historic growth in organized crime and violence during the time period. And as an experiment, it lost supporters every year and lost tax revenue that governments needed uh, when the Great Depression began in 1929. So that is Prohibition, briefly. Okay. Uh, and lastly, In the Mood, uh, the song is a popular big band era number one hit recorded by Glenn Miller that topped the U.S. charts for 13 straight weeks in 1940 and was one year uh, later was featured in the movie Sun Valley Serenade. It is based on the composition Tar Paper Stomp by Wingy Manone. Uh, the first recording under the name In the Mood was released by Edgar Hayes in 1938. Uh, so that is all of our references. We have a few side characters. Mr. Porter is played by Don Lake. Uh, known for uh, acting credits, uh, appearing uh, voice work in a show from this year called Summer Camp Island. Uh, he also appeared last year on NCIS as Captain Phil Brooks. Uh, he was also recently in the film Downsizing uh, and Zootopia. Uh, he is also known for his writing work uh, on the Bonnie Hunt show. He wrote for 258 episodes of that television series. 
It says he has an award win. Let's see, what what is it? A FFCC award. All righty. Um, oh, he does have an Emmy nominee, a nomination, uh, a daytime Emmy uh, in 2010 for outstanding special writing on the Bonnie Hunt show. Uh, so that's him. Uh, Lucille, the woman who tells Sophia, I believe, that she's blocking the TV, uh, is played by Carol Bruce, known for playing strains and automobiles, Behind the Eight Ball, American Gigolo, and This Woman is Mine. Uh, Sarah is played by Ellen Albertini Dow. Uh, known for her work on in The Wedding Singer, Wedding Crashers, 54, the Studio 54 movie, uh, and Ready to Rumble. Uh, she has previously appeared on The Golden Girls uh, as Lillian in that episode where Sophia breaks her best friend in the world, Lillian, out of the retirement home to come live with them for a week or whatever. Uh, so that's her uh, in a different role, of course. Uh, Smokey. Uh, is played by Bill Wiley, known for Porky's 2, That Thing You Do, Punching the Clown, and Charmed. And then lastly, Mr. Lewis is played by Julius Harris, known for the James Bond film Live and Let Die, the 1970s version of King Kong, uh, the 1970s version of The Taking of Pelham 123 and Sam Raimi's Dark Man. Uh, we have uh, two, technically three, new sex partners established in this episode. Uh, the man carrying the Olympic torch for the 1964 Tokyo Olympics, which only delayed the ceremony by 20 minutes for Blanche and two of the delivery truck drivers for Penny Saver, also for Blanche, which will count for two, of course. So our tally stands Blanche 151, Sophia 10, Dorothy 10, Rose 7. Huh. Okay. I mean, I understand Blanche. They're showing her face with a lot of liver spots, but, like, Rose. Who's going to recognize her hands? Yeah. Well, I think that's also why, like, Rose doesn't really care too much about this stopping the delivery no. thing. <laughs> no. She's on board with Blanche to stop it, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, that was a weird one. Uh, my counts for this episode, I got one Sicily Italian reference, which was about Italian war bonds, and I included just one game here, The Hokey Pokey by Sophia and the Residents. That's a game? Well, yes. I, I would call that a game. It's not a sport. It's a dance. That's not a game. It's a dance. We've included many other dances in games. So We have? Yep, square dancing. Uh, we have? When did oh, we do yeah. this? Anytime it's been on there. Oh, we okay. all kinds of dancing ones. Oh, yep. okay. Well, that shouldn't be included, but okay. Total counts. Weddings, planned weddings are 11. Physical abuse of Rose, 14. Saint Olaf stories, 45. Picture at stories, 24. Cheesecakes eaten, 19. Sicily Italian stories, 9. Sicily Italian references, 54. Girls mad at each other, not best friends, are moving out, 23. Sports, 31. Games, 41. 
and Stanley is a more knack appearances 20. My rating, well, this wasn't terrible. I gave it an 82 out of 100. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until that next episode, goodbye.